Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, friend. Welcome to this week's episode. Today, we have the pleasure of having author and speaker, Erica Wiggenhorn. She is a phenomenal Bible teacher and has written numerous Bible studies, including the one I led a group of ladies through earlier this year. It's called The Unexplainable Church, which was, by the way, so amazing learning about Paul in depth and his journey through the book of Acts. Today, Erica is going to share with us her personal experience of self-doubt and fears and encourage us on how to overcome feeling inadequate so that we can keep moving forward to the things God has for us. Her book called Letting God Be Enough, Why Striving Keeps You Stuck and How Surrender Sets You Free is out on pre-order now. And it talks about those struggles that we face like insecurities and how we can be set free from those lies of relying on relationships, accomplishments, and positions to affirm our ability. Hi, Erica, and welcome to the podcast. It's such an honor to have you. Jamie, I'm so excited to be here with you today. This is going to be so fun. This is such a treat for me. I mean, using one of your Bible studies with the women and seeing you on your Bible study teaching videos and then having you here live uh, is just so amazing. So thank you for being here. I know I, I first recognized you through our mutual friend, Allie Gentry, who was- Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, She was just on the podcast. If you haven't heard her, it was a great episode. And was listening to one of her uh, live stream Facebook. She has a ministry called Arise, and you were a guest speaker. And you had such fresh wisdom. I thought, oh my goodness, I got to get to know this girl. Who is she? (laughs) And so I've been a little stalker on social media and started following you. And then I'm like, wow, she's got all these Bible studies. How awesome. And I, at the time, it was COVID and we're doing everything over Zoom. So I told the ladies, let's do author Erica Wiggenhorn's Bible studies. And so we chose the Unexplainable Church, which we absolutely loved. We learned so much about the life of Paul. So good job. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Getting women into the word is definitely my passion. Uh, yeah. It was such a struggle for me, uh, Jamie. For so many years as a young Christian, when I first became a Christian, uh, I was a teenager and uh, my youth pastor said, uh, Erica, if you're going to follow Jesus, you need to have a quiet time. Yeah. What's a quiet time? Uh, And he's like, well, you need to read your Bible and you need to pray. And uh, so I'd open up my Bible and he said, start with the gospels, get to know Jesus. I was like, okay. There's 66 books. Thanks for narrowing it down. (laughs) So I started reading the Gospels and uh, I'm sitting there and I'm I'm like, I I don't know 
an, an oxen? Is that like a cow? And what's a mustard seed? And I'm not sure I've ever seen an olive tree. And I don't know what a plowshare is. Definitely don't know what a wheat tear is. And I remember I sitting on my bed and saying, Jesus, how am I supposed to follow you when I can't even understand you? Like, <laughs> what is happening here? Um, and so I just struggled. I struggled to read my Bible. I struggled to pray. I can remember sitting in my Bible and uh, sitting on my bed with my Bible open in my lap and saying, okay, Jesus, like, um, you know, what do you want to talk about today? What What am I supposed to tell you? <laughs> you know, what yeah. do you want to know? Um, I, I, I just struggled so much to connect with God. And and I'd go to church and these ladies would talk about their quiet time and how the Lord spoke to them and how the Lord answered <laughs> yeah. prayers and revealed this, you know, question they were asking. And I and I just remember looking at them and thinking, man, that is not my experience with the Bible at all. Yeah. And I felt guilty because I didn't like reading the Bible and I didn't enjoy praying and I felt ashamed because God seemed to have like the this special relationship with some people that I wasn't having. Yeah. And it, I, it was years of that. And mm-hmm. uh, finally, finally, somebody said, hey, come with me to Bible study. And uh, I sat around a table of women. Um, they were all older than me. Yeah. <laughs> but they taught me how to read and understand the Bible. And it was through Mm. going through Bible studies. And I remember feeling like, man, if I would have had this, if somebody would have just put a a Bible study in my hand to walk me through at least one part of scripture so I could kind of just get it, uh, how you do this thing with this big giant book, um, it would have been a game changer for me. And so that really became the catalyst for me starting to write. Bible studies is just like, I just want to put a book mm-hmm. in somebody's hand and say, don't feel guilty because you don't understand the Bible. Don't feel ashamed because you think it's boring and you can't apply it to your life. Right. Um, pick up one of these books. Let's link arms. I get mm-hmm. it. I get how you feel. I, the struggle is real, girl. And mm-hmm. let's walk yeah. through scripture and and then you're going to feel like, okay, I can do this now. I can open up my Bible and I can get it now. And that's just yeah. really the heartbeat behind everything I do. Yeah, well, it shows. I mean, the way you write the study, it's so great with just bring it to life, you know, bringing color and having us really picture what it really looked like back then in the Bible and how that applies to our life. So the way you write, you uh, do it in a way that is really easy for us to uh, retain that information and to get taught by it. So making it very simple, but challenging us as well into things that we may have not seen before. I know there were things in that unexplainable church with Paul, and we were just astounded by some of the things that we've never seen with Paul. And so that's what's so great about doing Bible studies, because you're getting things from the Holy Spirit while you're writing the study. 
And it's so that you can share it with us and things that we may not have seen, we would overlook just reading it ourselves. But um, really super cool revelations that I love uh, doing your study and, and realizing and discovering. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I can relate with the Bible study thing because that's when I started to really fall in love with the Bible mm-hmm. and making it more fun and talking about it with other women too. And because the Holy Spirit will, you know, give them something different that you didn't get. And so it's great to chat about and to learn from other women. So it's awesome to do Bible study with a group of ladies and communities. So love your heartbeat. So I know uh, we're going to talk about self-doubt and some fears. Could you just start us out with what was your personal journey with that? And what made you want to write a book about it? I think uh, insecurity, self-doubt, this whole wrestling with am I enough, I think it's a common theme among women, especially uh, in talking to my husband. It's it's a common theme among men, but they just sort of process it a little differently. But mm-hmm. for me, it was a, a consistent battle. And it was just this constant tape playing of not being enough. You know, it's only a matter until you, you mess up. It's only a matter until, uh, you know, you fail, you're going to find something that you, you can't succeed at unless it's done perfectly. Uh, it's not good enough kind of thing. And anybody who would ever give any ounce of constructive criticism or teaching, you know, it would be, I would view it negatively and that would be the tape that would play in my head. And I think as women, what we have a tendency to do is because we have so many different worlds we live in, right? We have like our, our job world and we have our marriage world and we have our, our mommy world and, and maybe our career world or our ministry world. And because we have so many worlds, we feel so pulled into being uh, perfect and looking perfect in all mm-hmm. of those worlds. And it's just not, it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, what our culture is, is telling us a lot, and it means well, is, hey, girl, you know, you got this and you're stronger than you think. And, and, you know, you, you've got all this great gifting and you're amazing. And, and, you know, we, we slap out spiritual platitudes, you know, God's got a good future for you. And not that any of those things are untrue because they are all true. Obviously anything in scripture is always true. Um, Right. But the problem is, is that inside we know that there are areas where we are not enough. And the reality is, is that God intended it that way. This is what we have to, this is the shift in our thinking that Mm -hmm. we have to wrap our minds around, Jamie, is we continue to live in this place where we are just striving and striving and striving to be enough in all of those worlds, to have perfect kids, to have a good marriage, to have a beautiful home, to stay physically fit and healthy, 
to, you know, volunteer with all the things and be everything to everybody, um, excel in a career or a ministry. And we strive and strive and strive to do all those things. But the reality is, is nobody can. Mm -hmm. But the greater reality is, is that God doesn't expect us to, and God doesn't want us to. And you're like, wait, 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 wait a minute. God doesn't want us to be successful. No, no, no. God doesn't want us to be independent. He wants us to be interdependent and to lean on him and to lean on each other and to be these be these things with excellence because of community because of community with him and community with our sisters in Christ and so as long as we continue to strive with this independent mindset of i must be all these things i must make everyone happy i must achieve this level of excellence in all of these multiple worlds all by myself we get stuck because we're just spinning in circles. We're just spinning and spinning and spinning. And God wants us to put the brakes on and look in the mirror and say, I'm not enough all by myself. Mm-hmm. And that is 100% okay because that's God's plan. Because then I press into community with him and I press into community with my sisters. Mm. Yeah, so good. Well, I know when I tend to get exhausted or discouraged, that's a sign for me that I'm striving. So what are some of those signs maybe that you can share from a place of fear? Like if we're striving from that place of fear versus from a place of passion, you know, whether it's our relationship or a responsibility that we hold? Yeah, great question, Jamie. One of the telltale signs of striving is when we begin to isolate, when we're isolating, when we feel like Mm -hmm. we've got to kind of hide ourselves behind a wall or project some sort of image out to the world through social media and we're not talking to anyone about what we're struggling with. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I often remind women is the, the subtle whispers of our enemy shout most loudly when we're alone. So when we begin to isolate because we start to feel badly about ourselves, we start to feel like we're not measuring up or we have a problem or an issue. We don't want other people to know because we're afraid they're going to reject us uh, if they Mm -hmm. did. Those subtle whispers of the enemy get louder and louder and louder because we're isolating. Yeah. So isolating is a big telltale sign. When you are um, living with a struggle, living with a secret, and nobody knows, and if anybody looked at your life from the outside, they would never in a million years believe that you're struggling, um, that is a big telltale sign that you're striving A second telltale sign is when uh, we lean into like hyper control. We're trying to control everything, right? Mm -hmm. We want our kids to behave perfectly and we get really upset when they Mm -hmm. don't and we can't offer any grace because we're afraid somebody's going to look at our kids and and somehow it's going to reflect back on us. Uh, When we are manipulating our spouse, when we are 
um, unable to delegate. We're unable to let go of things. We're unable to lower our expectations um, in, in outcomes. All of those are signs of striving. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I've done all of those. So <laughs> now I get a clear picture on striving for sure. I know that you have talked about your journey of imposter syndrome. I mean, most of the time when we write a book, we're writing about things that we've gone through so that we can encourage others that, hey, you can overcome this too. I know imposter syndrome for me, it was when I was putting together my own website and it was the weirdest feeling ever. <laughs> and I didn't even know the term imposter syndrome until the person that was putting my website together said, hey, you're just experiencing imposter syndrome. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I haven't even really heard of that term. But for those that are listening that had maybe like me didn't know what imposter syndrome is, what is it? What does it look like? What does it feel like? And why do you think that's even a struggle with women today? So imposter syndrome in a nutshell looks and sounds like this. Uh, when you say to yourself, you know, well, who am I to do that? Or, you know, why should I do that? You know, I, I don't have the skills for that. I don't have the experience for that. I don't have the knowledge for that. You know, why, why me? Who am I? Or, or who's going to listen to me? Who's going to look at me with any kind of credibility in that, in that role? Right. You know, nobody's going to think I'm worth listening to, or I'm worth, um, following if, if it's some kind of leadership role. So that that's what it sounds like. And, you know, being in women's ministry, as long as I have, I can't tell you how many times I've gone up to a, a woman and it, honestly, it doesn't matter how old she is. And I've said, Hey, what, what, what do you think about leading this small group? Or what do you think about heading up this committee or this team? Or, or what do you think about sharing your testimony at women's retreat this year? And, and nine times out of 10, they come back and they're like, uh, I mean, yeah. it's very rare. It's very rare for a woman to go, oh, yeah, yeah, I can. I'm going to rock that. I'm so glad you asked me, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> done exercises before, you know, when I'm speaking and I'll say, uh, you know, turn to the woman next to you and tell her something you appreciate about her or something mm -hmm. she's good at or a mm -hmm. gifting that you see in her. And women will do that all day long. But mm -hmm. then ask the woman to turn to the woman next to her and say, tell the woman next to you something you're good at or something you like about yourself. And it's like you can hear a pin drop in the room other than all of the nervous laughter because yeah, <laughs> because we all suffer from this concept of, you know, who am I? And is it even okay to like, look at the things that I'm good at and, and say to myself, well, you know what, maybe God gave me that skill for a purpose. And it's okay to say, hey, it's not me. It's God's gift to me. Uh, I remember I was at a women's yeah. retreat and, and they did this exercise. And it was it was one of the most beautiful, 
moments I think I've ever experienced at a retreat. But what we did is they gave every woman these pieces of cardstock and we safety pinned them onto our backs. And for about 20 minutes, we walked around and women wrote on the piece of cardstock that was safety pinned on our back, something that they appreciated about us or something they saw in us. Um, Mm. And you didn't know who wrote what and you couldn't see anything that anyone was writing as as we're going around the room. And then at Mm -hmm. the end of about a half an hour, we all helped each other unpin the pieces of cardstock from our backs. And then we could hold that piece of cardstock in front of us and read what other women said about Mm. us. And the room was filled with tears. It was filled with tears because it was just like, man, I don't ever look in the mirror and see that about myself. Right. But Mm. yet these other people see this gifting in me. They see, they see these elements of, you know, our personality or, our, our skill set or just kindness, you know, the fruit of the spirit uh, or a spiritual mm-hmm. gift that we don't see within ourselves. And this is the beauty really of community and what mm-hmm. helps us overcome this imposter syndrome because mm-hmm. we have our sisters in Christ saying, you might not look in the mirror and see or feel or know these things. But I'm going to tell you as your sister, I see these things in you. And I thank Mm -hmm. God for you. And that's powerful stuff. In my book, Letting God Be Enough, when we look at Moses, and we look at how God brings Moses from this place of, you know, I call him the greatest self doubter in the Bible, right? Because he's got, he's telling God all these reasons why, you know, I am not your guy. Like, let me off the hook, God, right? right. And uh, yet what's so astounding to me about that is if we read how Stephen described Moses in Acts 7, you would think, you know, he's not even talking about the same guy when you compare it to how Moses describes himself. It's like, wait, is this even the same person? Right. Um, but what I love about scripture is, you know, God goes beyond just saying, you know, you're not enough and it's okay because I'm with you, uh, which is true. And even that in and of itself is beautiful, but God actually takes it a whole step further in Moses's life. And instead of telling Moses, like, look, Moses, you've got what it takes. You know, you grew up in the Egyptian royal court. You you understand all the Egyptian religion and gods and you speak Egyptian and you've been trained in the art of war and you've been wandering around this wilderness for the last 40 years. Of course, you're the guy for the job. You know, God doesn't do any of that with Moses. In fact, he does the opposite with Moses. And he Mm -hmm. puts Moses in situations where he isn't enough, where he Mm. cannot continue to follow God by himself. Uh, We see it right after the Red Sea. Um, They go into battle with the, the Amalekites. And, you know, after the whole Red Sea and Moses experiences, you know, this epic moment of success in, in being obedient to God. 
And you would think like in that moment, Moses is, what's he thinking? Like, oh yeah, I got this. Like I figured it all out. I, I know what it means to follow God. And I know what I'm supposed to do here. Uh, God puts them immediately in a situation where they are at war. And Moses is up on the mountain and he's got the staff and he's trying to tell uh, Joshua down below who's fighting what God wants them to do to win the battle. But Moses's arms get too tired and he can't mm-hmm. keep wielding that staff to direct Joshua in the battle. And the people of Israel start to lose. The enemy starts to gain victory over Israel. And in that moment, Aaron and her come and they start holding Moses's arms for him. God immediately shows Moses, listen, you're not going to be able to do this thing by yourself, buddy. I'm with you, but you've got to invite other people to come alongside you in it. You can't mm-hmm. physically handle all of this. And, you know, this to me, this is a hugely profound message that women need mm-hmm. to hear because women mm-hmm. do not like asking for help. Right. We like to give help all day long, right? You know, like yes. we can name the women in the church who are the first ones on our doorstep with a casserole and a crisis. Amen. But nobody wants to call somebody up or go on Facebook and go, could you help me feed my family today? Hot Mess Express is having a breakdown over here. Nobody wants to be that woman, right? Right. But, but the reality is, is that for us to follow God's call upon our life, we are going to need each other. We can, it's it's not, you know, following Jesus is not a party of two scenario. We need Mm -hmm. times one-on-one with just us and Jesus, 100%. We need that quiet time as I finally learned. But we need each other. And this is immediately what God shows Moses after the Red Sea miracle. And then in case Moses didn't get it the first time, immediately after that, after the whole Amalekites, Aaron and her to help him physically, immediately God shows him again and Jethro comes and he's watching Moses try to micromanage all of these people in the camp and solve every single problem and every single dispute and be the voice of wisdom and the pe- and the peacemaker over the whole camp kind of sounds like motherhood on some days doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right uh, and jethro's looking at me he's like what are you doing like mm-hmm. you can you're going to wear yourself out like you've got to appoint some other people you've got to get some other people around you to help you in this endeavor. And if you do that, Moses, there's going to be peace in this camp and everyone's going to go home satisfied. Again, we can't do it all by ourselves. We can't raise our kids all by ourselves in our own wisdom. We can't have a vibrant, thriving marriage all by ourselves without allowing other people to hold us accountable, to speak life, just like you're doing on this podcast, Mm -hmm. to speak life into us. To say, hey, you know what? I, I was there when my kids were that age, and this was what was a struggle in marriage for me at that season of life. But you know what? It's a season. And here's mm-hmm. what you do to keep your marriage strong we need each other. We are not enough all on our own. 
We are not yeah. enough all on our own. And that is the message of this book that, and there's so much freedom in it to be able to say, I'm doing the best I can. And I, and I trust Jesus to be good in my situation. And I trust his infinite capability to give me wisdom and to give me strength. But his plan is for me to go through life with other people. Mm, That's so good. Well, I know in my own life, like things that God has called me to are the most difficult for me. I know I've questioned this myself. I'm like, God, why are you making it easier? But (laughs) I feel like it's all so I can be totally reliant on him and be dependent on his strength and his ability and not mine. So is that something that, you know, you found why it seems so difficult uh, in those places that he puts us in? I'd love to hear what you think here. <laughs> sure. I, I think that's a lie yeah. of the enemy. You know, we we talked about those subtle whispers of the enemy. And then when we're alone, when we're isolating, they're getting louder and louder and louder until they're just shouting in our in our head and, and just wreaking havoc in our heart. Those whispers are things like your kids are behaving that way because, you know, you're not a good mom. And, you know, your husband is more interested in his career than he is in intimacy with you because you're just not a a pretty enough or an exciting enough partner. You didn't get chosen for that role or that promotion because you're just not as smart as, you know, this person over here. And we hear those whispers from our enemy, which are just so not true. And then the the biggest thing that he really brings at us is things like, well, you know, if God is in this, then shouldn't it be easy? I mean, shouldn't he be giving you the things that you need for it to be successful? Shouldn't people be rallying around you and, you know, noticing and affirming you if this is really what you're supposed to be doing? Uh, Shouldn't it, if God's in it, then isn't he just going to miraculously part the sea and make it all easy? That's his biggest lie that he brings against us. You know, we, we cannot forget, you know, we all know the story of Moses and the big moment of the Red Sea when, you know, God miraculously parted it and they marched through and their enemy was destroyed. We all know that part of the story. We all love that part of the story. It's the, you know, that's the yeah. flannel board the highlight the story, right? The highlight <laughs> yeah. reel. That's the Instagram yeah. reel right there. Um, right. But what we often forget is Moses ran ahead of God 40 years later and tried to follow God's plan for his life. And mm. it was pretty much a disaster because he tried mm. to do it in his own strength. And he ended up running away from Egypt. You know, he's supposed Mm -hmm. to be delivering his people out of Egypt. And he's, you know, (laughs) going away miles away in Midian. Um, I'm not sure how, what he would, you know, he thought, oh, well, I tried and I wasn't, I failed and that's it. Uh, And the second thing, you know, that we forget is Moses had most scholars think probably a span of a couple of years of time that he was in Egypt um, battling against Pharaoh, watching the plagues fall upon first upon the Israelites and the Egyptians. And then later God spared uh, Israel from some of the plagues and just the Egyptians. But Moses was in a fierce battle 
in order to fulfill the call of God upon his life. And we are going to be in a fierce battle to carry out uh, God's call upon our life. It's not going to be easy. It's not Mm -hmm. a highlight reel. Um, Mm -hmm. You go through the word of God, you pick, I don't care who you pick, nobody in scripture You know, even Paul was terrified and, you know, went through difficult things. And I read about Paul and I think this guy is fearless. But yet Jesus shows up to him in the middle of the night and says, Paul, don't be afraid. Well, he must have been afraid or Jesus wouldn't have come and told him not to be. (laughs) Right. Um, So, you know, following God is not a highlight reel experience. Mm -hmm. There is the highlight reel. There will always be a highlight reel. Um. And it, right. if it's not on this earth, it's definitely in heaven. But we're in a battle here. Yeah. We're in a battle here. And it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And what I love about the story of Moses is God is basically like when he issues this call upon Moses's life, he says, listen, Moses, I know you look in the mirror and you don't think you're the guy. I know you've already tried this once and you failed. I know uh, you think it's over. It's too late. There's no turning back. You're not going to get a second chance to do this the right way. I know you think and feel all of those things, Moses, but here's the one thing I want you to know. I am going to get you to the other side of this, this place of being stuck and filled with self-doubt and thinking that your only future is failure. And we're going to come full circle, Moses, and we're going to come right back here, right where we're standing right now. We're going to come right back here in the end And you're going to see what I will do. Mm -hmm. And if I could just leave any woman with that one word of hope, it would be that, Jamie. Like Mm -hmm. wherever you're standing, maybe you are standing in a family situation and you have a prodigal child. Maybe you're standing in a situation and your husband is wrapped up in an addiction and you just don't know if you're ever going to have the marriage you always wanted. Uh, Maybe you're standing in a situation and you are just uh, facing devastation. Maybe you're facing the potential loss of a child. You're in the battle of your life uh, to to keep your child here on this earth. We face hard things in this life. The promise that we do have, that all of us have, is that same promise that he gave to Moses. And it's basically like, look, Moses, one day. This is all going to come full circle and we're going to come right back to this moment, right back to this conversation. When I told you, I am God, I am enough, and I will bring you to the other side of this. And Mm -hmm. that is a promise you can stand on. That is a promise God gives every single one of us, no matter what we face is God will bring, bring us right back to him. He will bring it full circle. He will bring it to a place where we say, I don't Mm -hmm. understand. My heart is shattered. I don't know why any of this is happening, but I can trust that my God is good and that his capabilities are great. This will somehow come full circle. And I might have to wait to get to glory to see it, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to believe it's true. Mm-hmm. And that is a hard, hard test of faith on the one hand, because in our infinite human minds and our emotion filled hearts, we can't wrap our mind around 
how that could possibly be. That seems impossible. Right. Um, but yet God tells us with him, all things are possible. All things are possible mm-hmm. with God. And when God says all, that's all, all means. Um, yeah. All means all. And so that is a beautiful promise that we can cling to. And it may be there are days when we say, I don't feel like you're good. I don't feel like you're here. I doubt that anything good could ever come of this. I doubt your greatness. I doubt that this is going to work out at all in any way, shape, or form to feel like a full circle moment. Uh, And that's okay to be honest with God about that. That's exactly what Moses did. He was like, yeah, I don't think so. Peace out. Go, go, go call my brother Aaron. I think he's your, I think he's your guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is a promise God offers. And he basically mm-hmm. says, listen, I, I'm offering you this promise. And all I'm asking is that you believe me. Mm-hmm. And you might not feel it. You might not be able to logically wrap your mind around it. But will you choose to believe? It's an act of the will. And I think you're touching a lot on surrender when we have that place of just surrender. And that's just trusting in God's promise and what he says is true. And I think, like you were saying, that's God's ultimate plan, right? And I just love that you know we can rely on him no matter what we feel like and know that he can get us through and overcome the obstacles of fear and have that posture heart of surrendering in our faith so mm-hmm. so good erica well can you speak life with a takeaway for us i know you sent us a lot of things here to think upon. I think we really struggle with two main things uh, when it comes to our faith. Uh, The first one is uh, maybe we struggle with the greatness of God's capabilities. Um, You know, can God really fix this? This just seems unfixable. That's one thing that we struggle with. Uh, the, The second thing that we really struggle with, and I think this is really the thing that we struggle with to a greater degree, is we struggle with the kindness of God's character. We think, oh, I know, mm. I know God can do anything. Yeah. But what what does he promise to do for me? Mm-hmm. And the kindness of God's character, to know somebody's character, we have to know them. We have to be in relationship with them, right? Like mm-hmm. if somebody tells me, like if, I have two teenagers, right? So if my teenagers come to me and they ask me something, they want to go do something or, you know, they want money or, you know, they want to stay out later or get some special privilege, you know, they'll yeah. say, well, well, we, well, dad said, well, you know what? I know whether or not dad said, because I know daddy, right? I've yeah. been married to him a long time and I know what dad's going to say and what dad would never say, I know what dad said. This is really the bottom line is we've got to know God's character. And Mm -hmm. that comes from a relationship. And if we don't have a relationship with God, if we, you know, we sort of believe God and we know he's out there and we know a few things about him and uh, you know, we, we heart the, you know, our favorite Instagram verses and that's nice, but that's not being intimate with God. Right. So that when you open your Bible or you're praying, God is speaking to you and to your struggle and to your situation and to your doubt and to your fear. 
Um, you know, when we don't know God, when we just sort of know about him, we're going to face circumstances in life where we doubt our beliefs and we believe our doubts. Mm. But when we know him and we can begin to hear his voice and know when he's speaking to us, then we can believe our beliefs and doubt our doubts. And those subtle whispers of the enemy that just want to sow seeds of doubt. Does God really love you? Do you really matter? Are, is anything you're doing here even effective? Is there even a point? Is there? Are you ever going to experience uh, healing in this situation? Are you ever going to move beyond this habit? Is this relationship ever going to be fixed? All of those doubts that the enemy begins to sow in our heart and in our mind, we don't... We doubt those doubts and we believe our beliefs because we mm -hmm. know the one who holds it all. Yeah. And so my biggest takeaway is, and I wish it was easy as, you know, do step one, two, three, and you'll be great. Uh, you know, I wish I could be like Mary Poppins and just give you a spoonful yeah. of, of sugar, but I can't. Um, yeah. But what I can tell you is it comes from knowing God. It comes from knowing God. And this was what we saw in Moses' life. He didn't know God. In fact, he's like, well, who are you? You know, mm -hmm. and, and even later when he begins to doubt his beliefs and believe his doubts, Moses says, show me your glory. Show me who you really are. I need to know your character. Yeah. So one of the things that I would say is uh, if that's you, you're thinking, well, yeah, I'm, I'm really doubting my beliefs. I'm really struggling to have faith in this situation that I'm facing. They can go on my website. Uh, it's just ericawoogenhorn.com. And I have a free busy woman's bundle. And one of the things in that bundle is uh, 50 days to developing intimacy with God. And it's just a very simple devotional book, but it walks you through God's character. And it enables you to get to know this father who loves you and created you with great purpose. So that's one thing that I would say. And I would definitely recommend that if you're a person who's like, yeah, that's me, man. Reading my Bible is rough. Go <laughs> go do that. It, it'll get yeah. you in the habit of getting in the word and I'll walk you through it and I'll spend right. five to 10 minutes with you each day and just get you in that habit of connecting with Jesus and developing intimacy with him. So that's the first thing is... Do something, take a step mm. um, to, to do nothing is to do something. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. to do the wrong thing. Uh, so, you know, go download that free ebook. Um, I've got another one in there teaching you how to pray for your friends and your family. If prayer is a struggle for you, we'll walk you through that together too. Mm, um, get in a Bible study, join a Bible study, you know, get a couple friends together and get a Bible study and go mm. through it together. But do something, be intentional yeah. with building that relationship with your father, because mm. character is always understood in the context of relationship and you will never experience and that intimacy and that love and that freedom and that peace and that joy that Jesus died to give you mm -hmm. without a relationship. He wants mm -hmm. your heart. He wants yeah. to hold your heart in his hands and bring you to a place that whatever you're feeling, whatever you're doubting, whatever you're wrestling with, you can go, I, I, I don't know what the future holds, but I know the one who holds the future and, mm -hmm. and he's got me and that yeah. comes in relationship. So do something to develop your relationship with Jesus. Amen. So good. 
Thank you, Erica, so much for sharing all your precious wisdom with us and highly recommend her Bible studies, friends. It's amazing. It's so well-written and love your video teachings. You just paint the right picture for each story that you speak about. So I love it. I could see the gifts in and through you that God has placed in your heart. And it's exciting for us to be able to be taught under you and your studies. So thank you. Thank you. You just wrote on my cardstock, Jamie. Thank you. <laughs> I did, didn't I? <laughs> Thank you for speaking life into me today. And I just pray that many, many women get connected with you and just have the opportunity to be equipped and encouraged by your wisdom and your authenticity and your heart. Just a beautiful, beautiful sister in Christ. And I thank you for having me here today. Thank you so much. It was an honor to have you. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth She Speaks Life. That's J A Y M E Elizabeth She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals Himself through your own life story.